Hi, you're listening to Wannabe, a pop culture podcast. I'm James. And I'm John. And is it a pop culture podcast or are we still having an identity crisis? We're still having an identity crisis. Actually, when you said pop culture, I almost wanted to say it's a Spice Girls podcast because it will forever be a Spice Girls podcast. But I think we're transitioning into just television. It seems that way. Um, But I think it's fine. Look, I think it's fine to have some identity issues you know as a young gay man at some point in my life i also had identity issues i was worried you were calling yourself young gay man now (laughs) no no i'm an old gay man now um but so we're used to identity issues and we're used to fixing them as we go along so i'm sure we'll get to a point where we know what we're doing and we can solidify what's happening moving forward of course and we'll have fun along the way but i think tv makes sense for us because it drives me actually crazy when you say like Oh, you and I are friends, but we have nothing in common, (laughs) which is just not true. Um, We have different styles, but we have a lot in common. But TV is one thing that I think we both equally love in kind of every aspect, whether it's scripted or reality or fucking TikTok videos that will make us cackle. But we are here to watch it for you so you don't have to or so you can, you know, vibe along with us. Yeah. So, I mean... Uh, So what you're saying is you're now committing to the television. (laughs) I'm not committing to anything, except for my quarantine, of course. I think it's kind of naturally where it's going, so let's follow the wind! Okay, whistle down the wind, as they say. Who says that? I've never heard that in my life. It's from a musical. Which one? Um, I don't know, it goes, Whistle down the wind, let your voices carry... I do not know this. I mean, I don't know I, what musical it's from, but I know I, that it's from a musical. I mean, I don't think you made up those lyrics off the top of your head, so. No, 100%. If anybody knows what musical that's from, can you please let me know? Um, that's actually a good time to remind our listeners to please like and subscribe. It would really help us out. It helps us, you know, become more popular so we well, can keep actually, doing things we love. This isn't a YouTube channel, so like and subscribe doesn't really, isn't what you say. It's please review and subscribe. <laughs> I'm not the technical one, as we all know. <laughs> review and subscribe. Give us, a, well, but can't you, like, give us some stars? Yeah, but that's not liking. That's kind of still falls under the review category. Uh, James also launched a similar podcast with his brother that's going to fall under our little Brit in a Yank umbrella. It's Mm -hmm. called Is This Your Life, which kind of turns the whole celebrity biography on its head. So what do you have coming up there? Uh, We have just recorded Naomi Campbell. Um, (gasps) Stop. I need to add her to my diva wall. It was was a very interesting journey uh, that we took on the podcast. And uh, we also are planning to record Michelle Obama. Uh, this well, week coming that's, up, yeah. That's very fitting because, you know, Michelle just released Becoming, her documentary on Netflix, and mm. it moved me. It actually made me cry. It's a little bit of sugar water in the sense that, like, there's not too much substance, but um, oh. it's, it's a beautiful documentary. I love Michelle Obama. I think she's super, super smart. I don't think she gets enough credit for being an amazing first lady. Oh, well, I mean... Uh... I think to the normal world, she gets a huge amount of credit for being an amazing first lady. Those, right. those in the know, uh, but those, you know, other people out there that, <laughs> you know, those types, um, not enough credit at all. Obviously, I can't watch the documentary until I've done the podcast because I don't want to find out too many things about her because I actually know nothing. Why did you guys pick Michelle Obama? I'm curious. 
because of the becoming. Yeah. You know, she's relevant at the moment. And also, we didn't. We're we're trying to make sure we don't just stick to kind of typical celebrity fodder. You know, we do want to explore public figures in all their glory. I 100% support you. I cannot wait to listen to that Michelle Obama episode. What else, what other stars do you have right now that people can uh, go and so listen to? So we have covered uh, N- Nicole Ritchie, Reese Witherspoon. Uh, Jessica Simpson, we just released that this week. And then so now we've recorded Naomi and we'll be having Michelle Obama. So it's a great mix so far. Realizing there's no men uh, <laughs> currently. But well, we'll... I mean, to be fair, it's two gay men doing a podcast. It's going to be mostly about women, I think. Yeah, I think so. Because uh, as a gay man, we naturally celebrate the women around us. But there will be some men characters along the way. We just, Terry and I cannot decide o- on one. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Tom Cruise would be a fun one just because he's yeah, so we, crazy. That was top of our list, but Terry was scared that the Scientologists were going to start coming after us. Well, I mean, it's a possibility, but in quarantine times, it could be a little bit different. Speaking of quarantine times, I do want to apologize to our listeners if we're having any audio issues. We are <laughs> desperately trying to fix the situation. I've switched from AirPods to a microphone. It sounds like I'm in an echo chamber right now in my ears, so I don't know how this is going to sound, but I'm it hoping kind of it's going to sound doesn't better. doesn't sound too bad on my end. I should also maybe apologize uh, now for the audio of last week's episode. <laughs> um, uh, we uploaded, oh, sorry, I uploaded the episode. I, so it takes me quite a long time to do this, guys. So we record maybe for over an hour. I have to go in and I kind of just like edit out the silences and the ad breaks, da-da-da-da-da. And somehow... After me spending a whole hour editing, it fucked up. And then I uploaded it without playing it back. And <laughs> it was wrong. It was just all kinds of wrong. I always listen to the first like few minutes of the podcast to make sure it's okay. And then I was like, mm, this is a creative decision <laughs> that he's making here, having me speak over the music. And then I was like, he's trying to sabotage my my COVID announcement. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no intentional sabotage going on. One of our lovely listeners told me that the whole episode was a problem. I had to go back in and my laptop hadn't saved the edit. So I had to start from the beginning. Oh, man. Anyway, um, quarantine is still going. <sighs> I'm still stuck in my little ivory tower. I may have gone a little bit crazy last night. Why? Um, I was not drinking, okay. but I was so fucking bored that I just went on Tinder and I scrolled through my fucking likes from like six fucking years ago. <laughs> does it keep all of that information? It does. That's what that's what I was shocked about is because obviously I was in a relationship for almost five years. So then I hadn't really checked like Tinder. So then I went way back to like matches from like 2014, 2013. <laughs> And I was like, you know what? Maybe they're single. Maybe they, you know, maybe they have nothing to do too. Let me just send as many messages as I can. And um, was there any reconnections? There was literally not one message back. So, oh. I, <laughs> so either they don't think I'm cute six years later, or, or they've moved on. Anyone that I was looking at that like was over 10 miles away i was like no i'm not messaging that even in quarantine it doesn't even fucking matter like i could be talking to someone from africa right now and there would be doesn't matter because i can't see them anyway but yeah but there's no you know there's no potential in the future if it's somebody in africa at the end of the day that's a long journey i decided to do a surprise distant visit to your balcony like romeo and juliet this weekend it was not romeo and juliet it was a little more when a stranger calls to be honest you're right a bit terrifying i may have sent a picture of your apartment to you just to signify that i had 
made a surprise appearance because why not but your lovely husband threw me a box of surgical masks yes because i was wearing a sleep mask. a sleep mask that i had fashioned into well no wonder you bloody caught corona going out there with freaking eye patch over your face first of all when i caught corona i was probably one not wearing a mask because there was so much back and forth and then i was wearing a scarf um so I'm still waiting for the mask that I ordered. It was like being shipped from Asia and it's still not here. Uh, well, our stuff came from Hong Kong and my lovely mother-in-law who lives in Hong Kong sent over about 150 masks for us. So um, you ha now have one of those boxes. You're welcome. Thank you, Suzanne. And also on that note, it's Mother's Day today. So happy, happy Mother's Day to all of our female motherless, female motherless, and that's just to sound wrong. But <laughs> uh, it, also I'd like to clarify that it's it's not Mother's Day in England. We've already is it had not? that. We've I already thought it had was that. universal. No, it happened in March. We what? have it on a different... Yeah. So it's... Uh, I, I celebrated New Zealand Mother's Day with my mother-in-law uh, today. So happy Mother's Day to all of those mothers who celebrate it on this day. Well, I'm going to send your mother a message anyway. She's going to be very... No, because then I will get told off because she'll be like, oh, but it's, it's Mother's Day. But you're not celebrating Mother's Day like Yeah, you but said. I think I also I missed am. this Mother's Day. And I was like, well, it's not Mother's Day in America, so we'll do it then. <laughs> and now you're going to rumble me. Well, you know, there's a time difference. I'm sure Cheryl won't get back to me today. It's fine. Uh, she's probably drunk at this point. Stop bad-mouthing your mother. I'm well, sure it's like 8 p.m. in England. Of course she's going to be drunk by now. What I do want to talk about is the morons in the United States and the United Kingdom that have... What the fuck is going on again? I know that in the U.S., like, some states are starting to reopen. I actually tweeted last night around midnight, like, uh, in Arkansas, a TJ Maxx was jam-packed with people. And it makes me sad because I think those people are all going to get sick and... It's well, to their own detriment. Yeah, I mean, it's it, at this point, it feels to me a little Darwin. You know, it's Darwin syndrome. Like, if you're going to be that stupid to, to you know, I, I understand, like, you know, if you have to go out in public and you're going to put yourself in situations, like go to the supermarket and this, that, and the other, you know, we all have to do that. Um, and those people that still have to go to work and, and you know, the frontline people. Of course. Um, that is all fine because you, you have no other choice. But people going into a friggin' TJ Maxx to get something that's 50% off. First of all, what do you need? I don't understand. And why do you need it now? We, you haven't been out the house in eight weeks. Why all of a sudden do you need a new pair of friggin' uh, uh, joggers? I don't know. Like <laughs> Joggers by Sheree, perhaps? <laughs> I just don't understand. It's, it's stupid. People are stupid. No, it's stupid. And then, not to, you know, let the U.S. take all this stuff, I was watching the U.K. Mm. celebrating VE Day. Do you know what VE Day is, by the way? Uh, yes. What is I it? I don't know what it stands for, but <laughs> it's the end of the World War. Sort too. of. Sort of. Not, not, you're not wrong. It's the, it's the day that the, I think the Germans uh, surrendered, but Japan yeah. was still fighting. So it wasn't like the full end of the war. Anyway, I digress. But I was watching the U.K. celebrate this, um, but like try to celebrate socially distant but yet didn't look like anybody was socially distant and i saw people were out in the parks in london and even the police tweeted saying like you know we're, we're just giving up we just <laughs> basically just because it was just ridiculous like the news the news media outlets were encouraging the behavior that they were going to people's streets and filming people dancing together on the streets like it was so moronic but even the government apparently i from one of my friends said this that they they suggested socially distanced 
parties. Why? I don't understand. Really, the message should have been, you know, you want to remember the people who have sacrificed their lives. So can you continue to stay in so you're not sacrificing other people's lives? Like, Yeah, I think that's the selfishness of this whole situation. It's staying home is a privilege. It's a very, mm-hmm. very huge privilege that we have. Like, yes, do I feel loneliness? Do I feel sadness? Of course. But at the end of the day, my actions are helping other people. And that's all that matters at the end of the day. We have to support each other. People don't get that. There's just a whole bunch of selfish people out there. It's just reality. It's just the reality of the situation. But can we switch up the conversation from the quarantine a little bit? Yes, but I do want to just say a quick thank you to everyone that's reached out to me for my COVID diagnosis. Thank you. It means a lot to me. And I feel like I'm recovered. Okay. I mean, it didn't hit you that hard, but okay. Oh, no. Don't diminish my COVID experience. (laughs) I'm joking. joking. Uh, Before we really get into everything, let's just talk about some other topics that happened this week. Adele, she was very (gasps) hot topic this week. Oh, and this brings us back into the pop culture conversation. Mm, See, I didn't switch straight to television. I didn't do it. Wow. Uh, But she um, tweeted or Instagrammed a picture this week uh, for her birthday where she was looking relatively different to how we know her. I mean, here's the thing. It caused, it caused a whirlwind. She looks amazing. She's been consistently yeah. losing weight since her first album came out, when she was definitely heavier when, when her album 19 came out, and then by oh, 21 yeah, she, she had a... slimmed down, 25 yeah, yeah. she was still relatively the same, but it's been, what, almost five years now since mm-hmm. since we've really kind of seen her. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, she, she's been through a divorce, she's had a child. She looks great. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, is, uh, you know, I didn't really want to make this a discussion about what she looked like because at the end of the day, I don't really care. Well, she didn't release any new music. No, and that, but that's, you know, to me, that's more like, that's the information that I would be more interested to hear. Like, what, you know, I don't under- quite grasp this whole, like, oh, let's, you know, throw Adele on the front cover of this, that, and the other because she's, like, been on a diet. It doesn't really make well, sense. Well, but people went crazy. I mean, that's all people were talking about is her weight loss. No, I know, but it's just weird to me because it's just like, I don't. You know, I think weight is such a personal thing anyway. And of course, like we all have those inner voices where we feel like we could be doing better and we we could look better and this, that and the other. But other people view you differently. At the end of the day, it's not really even something I'm I'm thinking about. And to me, it was, I didn't really, this new look wasn't for me. It's fine if she's happy. Of course, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. But if we are doing it from a perspective of, you know, opinion-based views then my opinion is is that it, i don't i didn't really warm to the new look to be honest it was i didn't really she just looked like everybody else i didn't really give it much thought because i just again like you i wanted there to be like a new single because i think we're starved for new content right now mm-hmm. i'm happy lady gaga is finally going to release her album at the end of the month like we just need we need adele um i did think that you know the people that are probably really fucking pissed are <laughs> any like adele drag impersonators that are like oh fuck now this bitch lost weight oh I what know. the fuck are we gonna do now i know um somebody did tweet which i found to be quite interesting let this be a reminder that you can achieve whatever you want and then somebody said um the fact that she's a 15 times grammy award winner and you will think her being skinny is her greatest accomplishment 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 like, i mean come on like no, that is yes. ridiculous. You can set, you can put your mind to anything you can. Guys, she's won fifteen Grammys. Of course I know, you can... and that's. I mean, again, it's a comedy podcast, so I'm not going to get too deep. But like, 
Yeah, that's the problem with this whole industry is like the focus on appearance and weight when yeah, she's fucking like killed the entertainment industry with her achievements and like so stupid. It, it's annoying, but unfortunately it's the world we live in. I know. In, uh, did, sorry, did you refer to this as a comedy podcast? I don't think we've said one joke <laughs> today. Well, I mean, it's all not, been very somber. We're not stand-up comedians, but you know, we are funny. At least <laughs> it depends on so. the day. I mean, I still feel like I'm waking up, so potentially not that funny today. Do you want to <laughs> branch into Real Housewives first, or what What shall we do? I mean, I feel like we need to talk about the Real Housewives, but first, shall we take a quick break? Oh, absolutely. Summer 2020 is officially cancelled, but your summer body doesn't have to be. Okay, gays, do we have a workout for you? Divaton, for the gays, by the gays. Divaton takes all of your favorite divas and packs them into a 60-minute bicycle workout right from the comfort of your own home. Each live class features the hits from all of Pop's biggest divas curated by a homosexual instructor. Will your neighbors hate you as Cher shakes the entire building or Madonna blasts through your windows? Of course! Get that body ready for your next eviction notice. Go to divaton.com for your first free session. See you in the showers. Welcome back to Wannabe, a pop culture podcast. I'm Juan. And I'm Huames. <laughs> <laughs> so let's dive into The Real Housewives, which the reason that The Real Housewives resonates with me, by the way, is because I've literally been watching them since I was 22 fucking years old. So is that how long it's been on? Like 12 years? I mean, I don't remember. OC, I think, started in 2006, and I definitely didn't watch OC till like season four. Mm. But I remember when New York and Atlanta started. It was 2008-ish, I believe. And yeah, I was I was in my junior year at Emerson College, living in Boston. And I wow. remember my friend um, who I went to, who I did my abroad program with in Europe. She called me and she's like, "Hey, can you come down to my room and like come watch the show? It's like really crazy. There's like a countess and everything." And I was like, mm, "I mean, sure." And then watch the whole thing and have never been the same since and here we are 12 fucking years later i was having this conversation the other day and i was saying how the housewives are such a huge part of my life but without realizing it because it is constantly on constantly, constantly on throughout the year it's spaced out so that we get different franchises at different times and for if you literally think about it it's been such a huge part of our lives but for me it feels like when i watch it i feel like i'm catching up with my friends absolutely that can't see me can't hear me nothing but i'm there just like catching up and you know it's yeah. such a uh, for me it's like a warm hug it really is and you go with, through feuds with them sometimes you like them a season then sometimes you yeah. don't you go it, it's really I think what makes The Housewives work, too, is the fact that it is, like, a weekly show as opposed to... If I were to binge The Housewives in, like, one sitting, it just doesn't have the same feeling to it because it doesn't it doesn't feel like I'm growing with... Like, if... I don't know. I can't really... It, I don't know because, obviously, I've been binge-watching Potomac, which I'm, we'll get to, you know, after a few of the other franchises. But I've been binge-watching and I've managed to watch, like, three seasons very quickly. And I still feel like I've grown with them just at a very rapid rate true and potomac hasn't been on for very long so i i it's a little bit different but i, I mean who knows i, I just know. feel I like, like these it. women have been a part of my life for so long that i i cannot shake them and i don't want to shake them so we have beverly hills i feel like we should touch on that first because it's obviously came back for its 12th season i want to say. say 12 as well but yeah maybe not 
maybe 10 i don't know or 11 <laughs> like 10 11 or 12 it doesn't really matter uh but we have a few new cast members um stand out of this whole season is sutton Sutton, yes, but in this most recent episode, I like that we saw kind of a softer side of Sutton with her mm. crying in the back seat and just knowing when to take a a, a, a back seat. If you, I mean, she's in the back seat, <laughs> yeah, crying. A literal, a literal take a back seat. seat. I think, <laughs> I think it was fine. I could tell that she was stressed about you know the interaction with Teddy. Um, so I, I kind of liked that she didn't go all out in this episode. Well, Kyle was doing enough anyway. Oh, Kyle was doing so much. No, but because Sutton's kind of got a bad rep online, in all fairness. People do not seem to like her. There's, or oh, I guess maybe she's a little bit like Marmite. You either love her or hate her. What is Marmite? Uh, <laughs> it's a spread that you put on toast. Oh. And the, their slogan for, I don't know, 100 years has been either love it or hate it. Cause we don't have that here. Do you not? Oh, no, you don't actually. I mean, I hate it, to be honest. It's disgusting. Um, But it is very much just, you can't, there is no way that you kind of, oh, yeah, I kind of like it. No, you either like it or you don't like it. And Sutton is very much Marmite. Um, She can come off as trying too hard, but I also think that that is what the show needs, is someone to kind of stir the pot a little bit. Beverly Hills has been consistently boring <laughs> yeah, without a, without Kim or Brandy I'm sorry no it's been a snooze fest um I think that what she's been able to do is kind of just shine a light on everyone behaving a little bit to Beverly Hills which is that fake phony surface level friendship which a lot of people have here and she's I think she what she's done a good job of and I don't even think it's her trying too hard I think it's kind of just who she is she doesn't seem to like bullshit she seems to just be very direct and to the point which people don't tend to warm to here either um so I wouldn't even say that she's been trying too hard I I think sometimes she can come off what seems to be mean but if anything the the crying in the back seat kind of prove that she does you know she is vulnerable and she you know may say things that then she feels bad for or puts her in a different position where she you know has to contemplate what she's about to do next because she doesn't want anybody to be angry with her or blah de blah blah so i don't know i really like her and to me she's my favorite character this season and it's kind of a shame she is more or less just a friend of i mean i like her but she's definitely not my favorite because dorit has quickly risen to the ranks of one of my favorite housewives across mm-hmm. all cities because she's delusional, but I think she understands that she's delusional now. Yeah. And so she understands that, you know, Beverly Hills is theater. Like every, I'm going to switch outfits for every scene. I'm going to have full high glam. I'm going to not talk about, you know, all the lawsuits that I have in my life. No, <laughs> like, she's definitely become a caricature of herself. And I think that that's to a degree, even though it's the real housewives and we like them to be real, She's she's grown into herself, and I appreciate that. And I very much like Dorit also. Well, her first season was rough, though. I hated, I hated, oh, I hated her. her. I hated her. Even the second season she was on, I was still kind of on the fence. Because, like, any time PK's in it, I'm like, ugh, ugh. No, I can't. But even when they're a terrible character, like, I understand their need to be on the show. Because otherwise it would be boring with them. You need someone to hate. Like, you need a Kenya on Atlanta. You need a Dorit on Beverly Hills. Yeah. You need a Ramona on, on New York. I, I mean, well, I you Ramona's need a villain. Amazing. I wouldn't necessarily class any of them. I wouldn't class Ramona as a villain. But um, for Beverly Hills, it is tricky. Because I feel like once we got rid of Lisa Vanderpump, even though she was so boring, that 
she was kind of the constant, for me anyway, she was the constant annoying one. Like, she created drama in the sense that everyone spoke about her. But she never did anything. But she never did anything. It was always off camera. Um, what did you think about the whole Kyle versus Dorit? Kyle being upset <laughs> that Dorit showed up late for Teddy's <laughs> retreat. Well, first of all, if somebody tells you they're going to be late, you can't be mad that they're late. So mm-hmm. you already have the information. Probably because of their relationship, I think, like, let's say, for instance, if it were you and I, and you... I'm never late. No, no, but what I'm saying is, is if we, you... If you'd have told me you had a bunch of things to do and so you were going to be late, I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's fine. But then if I found out that your bunch of things to do were literally like not important, I'd be like, are you joking? Because I've had to get up and do all this bullshit without you there. That's kind of how I would come For at it. For sure. No, I, I agree. I think it was actually more of, a, Kyle didn't say this, but I think it was a respect thing. Like Kyle's like, I've been on this show for 10 fucking years and I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning to do this. Mm. And you've been here for three minutes, three seasons. And now you want to have full glam and you want to show up late and just rock up when you want to. Like, yeah. that's not like, that's not part that's of not the, how it goes. Yeah. That's not. And, that, and Kyle does have a point. She does. But I mean, I'm for it. To, oh, me on too. the flip side of it, me I'm all too. for like rocking up late because you were too busy having an Instagram shoot. Like, that's just too funny. It's hilarious, and it was a pretty fucking good Instagram shoot, I must say. If you yeah, haven't looked it at the was pictures. pretty good. A couple of the pictures were a bit... It, the, I, Here she goes. The only picture I particularly liked was the reflection in the window. Yeah, that's the only one that I saw. I didn't look at all oh, of okay, them. Oh, okay, you didn't see the others. Um, I mean, I analyzed them, but... Well. But I do want to talk about Teddy's fucking retreat is, first of all, if I was watching this show, I would never hire Teddy to be my life anything because I think she's uh, dreadfully boring, and I don't think she actually has control of her emotions. But what was that fucking retreat that, you know, they just had, what, like, morning yoga, massages, and then a lunch? Well, that's kind of what we saw. That's what they edited it down to. I'm sure it involved a lot more than that. Motivational speaking? It was probably, yeah, motivational speaking. Not the sort of thing I would attend. But I can see... I can see that she's probably good at her job, in all fairness. Because often people... You are better at telling other people what to do than being able to do it yourself. And she strikes me as that type of person. Like she would be, she would be good at telling somebody, "Oh, you need to be accountable for this. You need to do this. You need to do that." But she can't apply it to herself. But that, to me, I think is a relatively normal thing. No, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I just, I, 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 I go back and forth on her because I know people want her off the show. I do think she's not the best fit, mm. but part of the any drama that happens is because of her. Yeah, it's because she's. Because she flip-flops between, like, she can't she can't decide on what she's saying or what she's doing or what she feels angry about or what she doesn't. So she is, it's difficult to kind of stay in a lane with her. Because I don't dislike her, but she annoys me to a degree. I agree. But she's also not as, she's neither, she's not strong enough in either direction that I can't really form an opinion do you know what i'm saying yeah i feel like if she left i wouldn't care very much but if she no, stayed i think, we, should, I think we could replace her and we wouldn't really we'd still have a, a person that came in and was able to create to do what she does for yeah. sure i i do want to say like when they do these dinner scenes which i think the success of beverly hills in new york right now is that they're using a lot of scenes where they're all together because mm-hmm. that's what i love that's that's the i want to see them having dinner i want to see them going on trips 
I don't want the husbands to be there anymore. I just think they're much worse behaved when the husbands aren't there. Granted, I will say Aaron, Denise's husband, has been saying some crazy shit recently. Mm. So he can stay around if he's going to say some crazy shit. But like... You're getting an order of Maurizio. Of course. <laughs> I knew you were. Just get to the point. Just get to the point. I've, I feel like I've definitely seen too much of Maurizio already. And we're already in episode four. Ugh, I feel like I've seen too much of Maurizio in those last ten years. Like, go away. <laughs> Dorit insinuating that Kyle is a lesbian because she <laughs> lied in bed with uh, Teddy was uh, a humorous stretch. But do you not feel like it's one of those scenarios where they kind of know that they need the, the, the story with Denise and they've tried to find a natural way to weave it in? I don't it... think they knew what was coming with Denise yet, to be honest. I don't know, but to me, it just seems really out of left field to start, like, having a go at Kyle and being like, oh, I'm a lesbian. Like, and <laughs> Kyle, like, just be like, oh, I'm a lesbian now, am I? Because of this, that, and the other. And it just seems a little bit forced to me to then, for it, for it to have a knock-on effect with Denise. Like, it just feels like they're kind of teeing it up a little bit. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, that that would be smart. But again, we haven't had the grenade known as Brandy Glanville come in yet. Um, and I'm patiently waiting for her return. I will say, Lisa Rinna, her, when, when Kyle was kind of being attacked by everyone, which I enjoyed, um, not because I want to see anyone getting ganged up on, but just because Kyle sometimes very much annoys me. But I think Lisa Rinna was rude by saying that Kyle didn't defend her when Kim was saying some shit about her because Kim is Kyle's sister. Like you should take oh, your brother's side. Absolutely. Your sister's side. What a stupid thing to say. I was a bit like, oh come on. Like, really? You're gonna have a go at somebody across the table because they didn't defend you when they were too busy defending their family. Uh yeah, duh. Yeah, and I think that's what set Kyle off and really made her start to cry. And then the whole Denise thing was just funny. <laughs> Leave me alone, oh Denise. Oh my god, that was so so funny. I can I just tell you, I was cracking up when she called her a ragamuffin. <laughs> who called who a ragamuffin? Kyle called Denise a ragamuffin. But why? Like, exactly. Like so Denise it... obviously left the table and she turned to Sutton and she just started ripping into Denise and was like, Oh, uh, she just comes in here with like her high ponytail on again she can't bother to do her hair. She's a ragamuffin. <laughs> 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 I haven't heard the word ragamuffin in so long, and, and I wouldn't joy- expect to hear it in Beverly Hills either of no, all of all the shows. No, it was just so funny. It really tickled me. Oh my really god! Really tickled me. But see, that's kind of why I like Kyle is because she does. Sometimes she can be classed as boring because she doesn't really do anything. But for me, she's always entertained me. But I like it when this side of Kyle comes out when she gets angry and she can't hold her emotions in. Like when she ran from the table in Amsterdam? Yes, we've had some iconic <laughs> yeah. Kyle Richards moments. No, of Come course. I, I don't want Kyle off the show at all. I like Kyle. I, I just, uh, she doesn't excite me, but she doesn't, um, she doesn't upset me. Uh, can we just talk about Lisa Rinna, though? Um, so, <laughs> uh, I like Lisa Rinna, as we know, um, but I feel like she is becoming uh, that Dorinda slash Sonia Morgan um, slash Luann uh, personality where she's yeah. a bit too aware of everything now of what she says and 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 she kind of uses it and she knows what we think is funny and she kind of is playing into it a bit too much. Yeah, I kind of I I wouldn't hate to see Brenna leave the show, to be honest. I uh, know it's tricky though because <laughs> I feel don't you feel like you're backstabbing her a little bit because like we worked with her and. 
No, because I think Lisa Rinna is a super hard worker, and I think she's always kind of looking for the next thing. And so I think she will always be on TV in some way. Yeah. But maybe the Housewives is like kind of like maybe she, she, not that she's better than it, but like maybe it's time. I think I think probably if we don't see her next season, she would have had a really good run and almost gone out on almost a high note. I think you don't really want to get to that Lisa Vanderpump uh, stage where you go out and everybody's like, oh, get off. Like, this is so annoying. Do you know what I mean? No, 100 percent. I do. I do want to discuss the Lisa Rinna glass of water situation because I feel like every time I see Lisa Rinna, I have a pain of disappointment in my heart because she is she's a lovely person very lovely very warm to me i will always feel like i've been slapped in the face now do you want to give some more context on that story i don't know i thought you were going to team me up i was kind of like trying to fill in the (laughs) blank so that you could team me up (laughs) well (laughs) for those that don't know james and i did a parody of the musical annie we called it granny and we had it starring kathy griffin Lisa Rinna as Miss Hannigan and Colton Haynes. So it's very funny. We worked really hard and it's on YouTube. But when we were beginning this whole process and we got Lisa Rinna to um, graciously give us her time for free, 100%. Oh, yeah. like, we didn't she pay is... any of these people. Exactly. And that's why I will always be forever mm. thankful to Lisa Rinna because Me she too. is, she just knew like that this could be a fun, easy thing to do. And there was really no, you know, plus to her doing it but she did it, it and that's just, why yeah, I will always be everyone just for her. wanted to have a fun time but we did go to her house the first time to do a recording and what happened <laughs> well so we had to um go to her house to record the vocals to, of her obviously singing the songs uh, <laughs> and so we rocked up and like knocked on the door she answered the door and was you know come in come in come in then we kind of weaved into the kitchen uh, we was trying to figure out the best space to sit, set up all the equipment and get her to sing. So we weaved into the kitchen where I assumed she was going to offer us a drink. Like a glass of water, maybe a juice or something. Because when you enter someone's home, I think it's really important that you offer them something. Like I've always done this. It's, like, it's just called being a gracious host. And I thought she was going to say, oh, can I get you a glass of water? We walked into the kitchen. I feel like she got herself a glass of water. I maybe I don't remember her. Don't don't spread I, rumors. I don't. I don't want to I... spread rumors. But I feel like we went in the kitchen. Something happened, and then we left the kitchen and went into the living room where we set up our equipment, and then we just got on with it. And I was looking at John. It's like, are you joking? Well, I don't even remember the water bit because I think I was so stressed about just trying to get everything done and not waste her time. But also you've held this grudge for three years. I know, but I, because I just find it really bizarre. Like, and I really love Lisa Rinna. The whole time we filmed with her and we did all of that stuff, she was so like generous with her time, generous with her information on the industry, with all of the other casts that we have, like the, uh, cause we obviously, we casted a lot of our friends as the orphans. And they're all, you know, aspiring actors and comedians, etc. And she, you know, when we were filming other parts with Kathy and Colton, she would sit in that green room with them and give them all insights on this, that and the other, which I think is really amazing. So I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm just shocked that somebody will come into your home and you wouldn't offer them a glass of water. And I, I, I will never get over it. For all our listeners, if James ever comes into your home... <laughs> Just offer me a glass of water. Just offer him a glass of water. And when we did go into the living room, I do remember Harry Hamlin was there playing on his guitar. Oh, yeah, he did come in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, because I remember he came in. She was like, oh, these are the guys that are recording me to sing Miss Hattigan. Can you believe? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what am I doing? What's going on in here? Yeah. Well, you know, Lisa Rinna, by the way, great singer. Oh, Um, really great. Really great singer, great dancer. She was also in Chicago in the same role that Erica Jane was in. Erica Jane, great Mm. interviews, I will say, because I think someone's writing her her interview jokes for her. But like... Falls flat in every scene that she's, she's with other people. She's not interesting to me at all. She's my least favorite housewife. I think she gives the good look still, but she but is... But I don't even think she has this season. Dorit is out doing her. Oh my God, Dorit has been out doing her since, like, her Dorit's second season. But, I think that's that's when Erica should have gotten worried. Yeah, but also, she's... Dorit, uh, Erica's been very rude about Sutton's fashions, and she's like, oh, she keeps coming in here with, like, oh, Couture, who did she think she is? But it's like, Erica, do you not remember how hard you tried for the first, like, three seasons you were on? Yeah, like, but she you, tried correctly, though. She did, but she... But now she's trying to come across that she's this, like, homely woman, and, like, why are you even wearing Couture to this event? Like... Go well, Erica. Up. I think I think Erica's very smart in the sense that like she listens to what people say, and I think she heard people say like, you know, we've seen Erica do this whole thing for like the last four years about going on tour, recording music. Like we need to see her like be like a human, and so I think she's trying to give it that. But when you're too in your head about like what you think people want to see, it just doesn't work out. That's right. why I don't like her because she's she's not giving. I don't. I still don't know who she is now. I just, actually, she's made me more confused. And now I even more dislike her. I actually don't like her as a character on TV. I, I'm sure... I, I, I get that vibe that you don't like her, <laughs> no, yes. As a person, maybe in person, like maybe, you know, I think she was fine, I'm sure. But just on TV and as it stands, like, can you get off? I don't want to watch you. Do you think there's any grudge that you're holding? Because yes, there's a grudge. <laughs> now, we I also hold tried... grudges, okay. <laughs> oh, I know. Trust me. When I first met James, he, like, right off the bat, he's like, I have a three-strike rule, and once you break the third strike, you will (laughs) never be in my friend circle again. And so for the last, I want to say, I think we've been friends now for almost eight years. Yeah. Probably, yeah, no, solid seven years. Solid Solid seven years. I have lived. No, it wasn't. How dare you? I have been walking on eggshells for... (laughs) Because I think I have two strikes, so I'm probably like always waiting for like the last shoe to drop. Oh, see, I would have, I would have thought you had one. So now, if you're telling me it's two, you must have done something wrong. Oh, probably. I'm pretty sure you gave me two and then maybe took one away once. I don't remember. Maybe. Um, and for the record, the reason that I do live in fear <laughs> is because I've seen people get three strikes, and I have seen them never come back into your life again. Honestly, it's the most healthiest approach to friendship. And I'm not saying that the three-strike rule is a thing where you... Um, it's, it's a learning curve as a friendship. So you let the, you don't just strike somebody and that's it. You strike somebody, you let them know, and you explain to them what this means. And if the behavior doesn't change and it happens a second time, obviously we're getting problem now. Like, this is not good. Um, and, you know, what's the point of having somebody around who's going to create anger and a disappointment? That's, I mean, cheers to that. But cheers. It's just it's uh it's just funny because I think like I feel like sometimes you look at me as like I'm like I was think I was 26. I think you will always see me as 26 years old, even though I'm sadly not 26 anymore. No, but I feel like because that's when our friendship started. I think that that's just 
Yeah. Like you always just get stuck at that point. You're always going to see me as 26 with plastic plates in my cupboards. It's just, it doesn't matter how much money I make. If I move into a mansion, I will always be 26 with plastic plates. I mean, we know some people out there that live in mansions with plastic plates. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes people just get stuck in their ways. That's true. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, I mean, sure. Let's talk about the Real Housewives of New York City. The crown jewel of the Housewives franchise, by the way. Yes, absolutely. It is, I think I said to you last week that I was nervous about, it's been so good that we're going to end up with a lull. Uh, And we still haven't had the lull. I thought it was going to come this week, but this week was still very, very entertaining. It's true, but every time, and I had this issue on our last episode. It's like, I remember being very entertained, but right now. You can't remember what happened. I can't remember one fucking thing that happened in the episode. I can well, fill me in. So we had, uh, basically, weirdly, the whole episode was built around a live podcast show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Chanel in the City was the name of the podcast. Chanel! Yeah. <laughs> um, and so basically, Luanne was doing an event where she was live speaking on a podcast. And then she has Jacques come in to do a comedy bit. Um, and that's kind of really what the whole episode was revolved around. If you wrote that on paper, I'd be like, mm, this is probably going to be a bit boring. But it was not. Uh, it, w- it was not. It was good to see the return of Jacques, like right off the top of the episode, who looks <laughs> still so much like David Schwimmer. So much. And Ichabod Crane a little bit. I don't know. I did just... tweet, actually, and made a joke about that. And somebody got really angry with me. <laughs> about him looking like Ross Geller? Yeah, I was like, oh, David Schwimmer when he comes out of quarantine. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. It's funny, but somebody was like, you just can't pick a pe- pick people on the way they look. Rah, 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 rah. Oh, oh, please. God. It's an impression. Calm the fuck down. It's a joke. Um, it's a joke. Also, Jacques and Louis never made sense to me, and they still don't make sense to me. I can um, see their friendship. I think, actually, it was quite a nice friendship. And what No, I as a friendship, was, fine. Yeah. I don't believe for a second that she's happy for that he's engaged, but... <laughs> oh, I think he's engaged. Oh, no, I believe he's engaged. I'm saying I don't believe oh. she's happy that he's oh, engaged. Oh, no, she she's happy. She's happy. Because I think she knows that it would never have worked out. Hello, if you're going to fuck a pirate while you're with somebody, then you're obviously not going to be happy with them. She swears she never fucked the pirate. Well, Sonia disagrees. Sonia disagrees. So there you go. Um, but what we did have uh, on New York was the revelation of Luann starting to drink again. First of all, I don't believe for a second that that was Luann's first drink. I think she never stopped drinking. I think it's troubling when Dorinda keeps egging her on and saying, you can drink whenever, you never had a problem. I think Dorinda has a problem drinking too, and she's trying to cover it up. Absolutely. I mean, she looks great, so I don't I don't know. I, I do think she's an alcoholic, but I think... I, see, I don't think she is an alcoholic, to be honest. I think that what's happened is... Um, And obviously, I don't claim to know a lot about alcoholism or anything like that. But I think what has happened is that she definitely had a breakdown. And she definitely used alcohol as a coping mechanism. Which, obviously, I'm sure if you read a book, that would say that that's alcoholism. But once she's kind of come through the other side of that particular moment in her life, the alcohol wasn't really the problem. It was the the situation was the problem. No, you're right. We've all had those bad relationships where... It literally drives you to drink, and I think... Well, I don't think I've had one of those, but okay. Well, you have gotten divorced. I'm sure that wasn't a pleasant well, experience. Yeah, but I didn't drive... I didn't get drunk to deal with oh it. Oh, my God. You are such a Lisa Vanderpump. It drives me insane. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I'm just... I, look, I need to be honest and talk about my personal experiences, too, and if you're going to throw accusations out there about me being drunk during my divorce, I'm going to stand up for myself and say, no, that didn't happen. 
You've never had a relationship where it's like I've never ever not used maybe al- not drinking, not drinking, but okay. where it mentally really fucks with you. Oh, of course, but I but you're but we're saying you just said oh we've all had that relationship where we've turned to it's alcohol. not about what I said. <laughs> Jesus anyway, Christ. I love Luann, but I think Dorinda's the one that really is trying to mask the problem and trying to sh- to throw it to Luann. Like, like that scene where Lu- Luinda, Dorinda is visiting her old townhouse. Um, it made me sad, but it's like, I think, oh, like, Dorinda's was... the perfect example of someone that had the life that she always wanted and then lost it. And I think that's oh, what kind of so makes me sad. Oh, it was so weird to me because also, th- so Dorinda's problem is that she bats her problems onto everybody else around her that is having a ex- similar experience. So Luann and the drinking, she is pushing, when Luann was going through it majorly, she, Dorinda was not supportive. She Remember, she was like, oh, you got a mugshot and all this, that, and the other last season. Yeah. And the same thing with Sonia, with, oh, you keep living in the past. You're not married to him anymore. Like, why are you putting the crest on your shoe? Da, 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 da. But now we see Dorinda walking around our old street and going into our coffee shops and being like, ah, my old life. Like, yeah, stop living in the past is what you always say. Yeah. And so actually you've got all the issues and you're just backing them onto everybody else. I'm not a fan of Dorinda this season, actually. And she's irritating me. I don't particularly find her to be pleasant to watch. She's very nasty. Well, I think she's going through stuff. I think Dorinda can bounce back because I do think she's has given us some great moments throughout her time. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying get rid of her. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I, I still would like to keep no, her I around. No, I just don't like her this season. I'm not a fan. I think it's only going to get worse for her. <laughs> I mean, according to the previews, it's definitely going to get worse. She starts having proper breakdowns, I think. It must all just come to light. Everything in the dark always comes to the light, as Marlo says. Can I just update you on Potomac? I know that it's not on our screens at the moment, but I am still fully involved. And I... it was supposed to be on our screens at the moment. It was supposed to premiere last week, but they've obviously pushed, pushed it back because of coronavirus, um, yeah. which I'm, I'm supporting. I, I don't I need it back right now. I think it's fine. You don't want too many on at once because now we need to start spacing out our entertainment. Yeah. Um, but that was also giving me time to catch up on everything, though I do feel like I'm going to get to the end of the season very quickly because mm. it is spiraling out of control. Um, Ashley, I despise. I dis- I don't know. I think she's really good for the show. She's good for the show. And I, I f- actually thought she was good for the show for the whole first couple of seasons that I watched. Um, but... This particular season is the whole Michael issue and how she's fighting with Candace. She's really nasty, actually, Ashley. Yeah, well, Candace falls into that trap every time, so... She does, but I am on Team Candace. I just want to... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, as far as argument-wise, I'm not saying that I like Candace. What I'm saying is is if if I had to pick a side... What are they fighting about? They're fighting about... They just had the whole dinner party at Candace's mom's house. And Candace explained that um, she was explaining about the pregnancy stuff. And then Giselle, as Giselle often does, starts blasting about Michael being gay and wanting to suck somebody's dick. So somehow Giselle's the one that said it, but Candace is getting ripped to shreds for it. They've just had that whole issue. But I think I'm team Candace in the argument because based on the argument, Candace is saying what's factual and Ashley is kind of not really saying anything of note. She's kind of just pushing and deflecting the argument onto everything else. Well, I mean, Candace did threaten her with a butter knife. 
again, Team Candace is exactly how I would behave. <laughs> but I do love that Candace kicks Ashley out of the house, if I remember correctly, and then Ashley comes right back in. About three times she comes. About back. three fucking times. I think that was Giselle's fault again, too, it though. Was. Giselle's really good at like really creating a problem. Oh, very much so. Yeah, very much so. I like all of those women, though. As much as I just said that I despise Ashley, I do. She does really bug no, me. Oh, yeah, I think but, I, I think they're all stellar stellar cast members. Um, there's no one that I would kind of remove or replace. No, I'm very very happy with Potomac, and it's very much high on my list of yeah favorite housewife shows. Potomac will probably come back maybe in July, and then Salt Lake City will probably air with it. Is that a new one? That's going to be a new one. Yes. Interesting. Uh, again, I I would have judged Salt Lake City because I'm like, where the fuck is Salt Lake City? But that's why I did with Potomac, and I was sorely mistaken. So I'll give Salt Lake City a chance. Shall we take another break? Let's take another break and then come back and maybe do some drag race and see what else there is to talk about. We'll be right back. Okay. Tickle my pickle when you're jerking for a gherkin, looking for a salty mid-afternoon crunchy surprise. Dill me in. Yankee Pickles are the perfect low-calorie snack that leave you satisfied when you're on the go. Whether on a sandwich, salad, or simply in your mouth, Yankee Pickles never let you down. Head down to your local grocery store and get a classic jar of Yankee Pickles today for all of your pickle needs. Also available as cucumbers. Yankee Pickles. Mmm-mm. Damn, that's good. Welcome back. You're listening to Wannabe, a pop culture podcast. I am a Yankee Pickle, and you are? (laughs) (laughs) I'm the Yankee Pickle. You're the Brit Pickle. That's true. You're the uncircumcised Pickle. pickle. (laughs) (laughs) Our listeners don't need this information. Well, I mean, I assume all Europeans are. It's fine. Yeah, I think that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of pickles. And I guess now we're going to move on to RuPaul's Drag Race. Speaking of pickles. Which had one of my favorite people of all time as the uh, guest host, Miss Whoopi Goldberg. I thought of you actually during the episode um, with Whoopi because she she said almost word for word what she said to you. Exactly. You that's Yeah, that's what kind of drove my memory is because when I was working for Kathy Griffin, we did The View a couple of times. And one time I was just standing in the hallway um, and Whoopi walks by and I think I said like, Good good morning, Miss Goldberg. And then she looks at me, stops, and then she goes, It's just whoopee, baby. <laughs> yeah. And it always like stuck out in my mind. So when she said it um on the show, I was like, you know, I love like a con- like that also makes me sound more credible that she actually did say yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, no, I mean I believed you in the first place, but oh, for sure. But... She, but as soon as she said it, I was like, Oh, like she must do that a lot. Like yeah. which obviously makes her, in my opinion, quite humble. For sure. And the, actually, the other Whoopi story that I love, too, is just because it, it plays into my vanity. The last time I saw Whoopi when we did The View, back in like 2016 when Kathy was promoting her book, um, Whoopi just simply grabs me from behind and just <laughs> says, Oh, this one. He never ages. He always looks the same. And that just cemented my love. And I've, I just love Whoopi Goldberg. I've loved her since I first saw Ghost. Um, forever ago i think she's amazing and that performance yeah, she's, is she's classic so cool and the whole episode was actually really nice with um how warm she was with the the drag queens when they were rehearsing their things and everything was constructive everything was very professional but very um friendly like i she came across so well mm-hmm. and i also liked it when they would 
uh, judging and <laughs> she was like I didn't say anything because I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> yeah. But that's very much uh, how Whoopi is in general. I mean, I know you don't watch The View religiously, but I watch it every day. Whatever. And that's just how Whoopi is. She's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm going to eat potato chips. Like, she's just very, <laughs> very much like doing her thing. And also, speaking of The View, I have to say, I don't know if they're using Zoom or whatever they're using for their backgrounds, but it looks like they're in the studio. And I just want to give them props because it really is a crisp show in these coronavirus times. Unlike Kelly and Ryan, who Ryan Seacrest is doing his show from like his fucking kitchen. And I'm like, I don't need this every day. I don't know. I'm not tuning into any of that. So I have no idea. Um, but Drag Race was uh, stellar. Stellar. This episode. Uh, what happened? <laughs> oh, yes. It was the... They had to do a one-woman show. Yeah. Which they always kind of do these little comedy shows for live audiences um, kind of once a season. And there's always one person that falls real flat and there's always one person that excels. Um. Well, let's talk about that, though, because I, my, so I love Crystal Method and I love uh, Heidi, Jada, you know, all of the above. Actually, I kind of like everybody. Um, but I didn't actually feel like anybody did that well. No, I agree. There was nothing that that really made me, like, cackle. Laugh, No. Also, Sherry Pie's thing, I, I mean, I know it was Ugh. a 17-minute performance, and there was clearly something that we were missing, but I was like, this fish thing is not funny to me. Well, they they obviously weren't going to show it anyway, so we were never going to catch on to any of the jokes, because they're trying to keep her time down, but they needed to keep her in to explain that she'd taken so much time. She, uh, I don't, obviously we haven't, we can't really comment on Sherry Pie, because we, we don't know her, we haven't been able to find anything out about her. We don't know her! her. But I find her makeup to be very irritating. Her that kind of weird white section in the middle of her face. I kind of like her makeup. I, I think I like it. I, I don't know. I, I think she has a, a signature look that's very um, Edna Turnblad for me, and I I love Edna Turnblad from Hairspray, so it like sticks in my I don't head know. for I some just, reason. I, I literally every time she comes on, I just want to punch it. <laughs> well. <laughs> That's violence. violence <laughs> I know. Is not I the wouldn't. Answer. I'm not saying I would, but it's just like I, there's just something about you know, like some people just have those faces. We just want to just go, <laughs> just punch him in the face. Jada was Ugh. terrible. It was so bad, but I, still charming in a way. Yeah, it was charming because sometimes, like when somebody's really failing, all you can do is go, oh. oh. <laughs> um, I had no idea what was happening. I didn't know what the scene was about. Nothing. Not one. I could not grasp what was going on whatsoever. I just know that she peed on somebody. Yeah. Well, whoever gives Ross Matthews their the lines, I mean, I don't know if he's coming. Oh, he must be coming up with them. But he's hilarious because when he's like, Jada, I know we asked for your number one story, but we didn't mean your number one story. Like, just yeah. he's just so fucking funny. And I love Yeah, I him. think he's naturally funny and that he comes up with his own content. And Carson's really funny, too. Um, I, I I don't know why they never keep them on together. Maybe it's just too much, but um, I think they're <laughs> too both Too many great. gays on one show. Get off. <laughs> Get off, gays. <laughs> Go home. I was devastated, though, when Jada was against Heidi for the lip sync. Yeah, but I kind of knew that it was going to happen. They both were... Pro- they were... They were the bottom two, for in all sure, fairness. For sure, uh, But that was sad, because I knew one of them had to go home. And I honestly thought both of those would be in the finale. I had a feeling that Heidi would probably go, like, top five, and then be... I still think Heidi's going to win Miss Congeniality. Oh, true. 
Um, and she's amazing. And just like Rue said, like, you're going to be a star. Consider moving to Los mm-hmm. Angeles or Manhattan. Like, get it together. Of course, now no one's fucking doing anything. And this is going to be controversial. Gigi Good has very much fallen out of favor with me. I don't even think that's controversial. I think it's just it is what it is. I actually, I actually wouldn't even say she's that good. Oh, I mean, she's definitely good, and she's definitely smart, and she's so young. She's, I think she's 21 or 22, but, so the talent is there, but it's yeah, just... it's 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 not coming out anymore. I don't know if maybe at the beginning there were so many people that you're getting less of everybody. You get a bit less time to show who you are. So you get a snippet of, oh, she's really funny. She's really funny. She's doing a good job. And then as the numbers have gone down, you you have to be on for longer. And she she just probably doesn't have the skill behind her to, to do it. That's how it come across to me. Maybe. I think she maybe peaked too early. Um, I still think she'll probably be top two if not the winner um because i, I just, just it's she's what? just someone the that winner? i'm not saying i would pick her as the winner but i can still see them picking her as the winner in a sense that, that would really not bode well into the problems that they've had in the past where they seem they seemingly pick the t- same type of winners for sure but you know we'll see i still don't know how they're going to do that that finale um we haven't heard anything. They can't zoom that. That's too many people. <laughs> no, no. Uh, did you, by any chance, try and watch the celebrity version? I'm really Still upset. No, no because, I, because, you know, it's very limited on time with, you know, I can't watch everything in such a short space of time. And there's too many RuPaul's on at once. But I did see a note today on Twitter that Celebrity Drag Race this week was possibly one of their favorite drag race episodes ever. That's great. I mean, I, I didn't make it through the entire episode, but okay. I like the cast. But I was annoyed last week because I hadn't watched it. We were talking about Desperate Housewives, and Queen Vanessa Williams was on all, a celebrity drag race, all-star, whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. <laughs> but she also fucking won. Oh, wow. Yeah, but I kind of feel like they... I'll probably go back and watch these when like there's nothing else on. I don't know. Like... It's a lot. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, when there's no other drag race on, although they did just announce All-Stars, too. For the for the All-Stars cast, we have some All-Stars who have done All-Stars before, so I'm like, how many times are you going to do this show, girl? But they did that with Shangela. Shangela's different. Well, I'm saying if it's one rule for one, no, it should be one rule no, for No, no, Shangela everybody. didn't do All-Stars She twice. did All-Stars twice. No, she didn't. She did. No, she didn't. She did. No, she didn't. She did. I'm not going to say did. But... Shangela did the show twice. She did seasons two and three of Drag Race, and then... She did All Stars. Okay, well, whatever. She's been on the show more than three times. She's been on the show more than twice. Yeah, but in a different way. I mean, how I'm many... pretty sure there's somebody out there that's done an All Stars twice. I feel like I've seen that happen already. Did Latri- I think Latrice did an All Stars twice. Well, that's what I'm saying. Somebody yeah, out there has right. done an All Stars twice. Is there? Is an odd move? In all fairness, don't quite get it. Like, how many chances do you need? So. Well. But I, so I can't really, do we want to list off who's in it? From memory, I only know Shea Coulee and Miss Cracker as the two that stick out in my head. Jujubee's in it, who I love. Oh yeah, um, Jujubee was good. But I just hope that this season they don't do a weird twist. Like, I, the thing that I've always hated about All-Stars is like, I don't like the the actual queens voting off who they want oh, to vote off. No, like, it's annoying. Like and yeah, they always like pick the that. wrong person. Yeah, I don't like that. Leave it up to the people who know what they're talking about. Yeah, just leave Fingers it crossed we get a regular All-Stars show. It would be good to just... They seem to have brought back the original format of RuPaul's Drag Race where they just kind of just leave it to the talent. And th- th- this current season of Drag Race 
for me feels almost like a season six drag yeah. race where it mm -hmm. was like everyone was really high quality it was all just about the talent what everyone's doing it was less about the drama so fingers crossed with all stars maybe they've gone back to that format too i mean i hope so but i still think the queens will be the ones sending the other queens home with their fucking lipstick name shit not into it oh i quite like that bit though no i want rupaul and michelle to make the decision we'll see we shall see drag race is on like 24 7 so I've been trying to figure out what I could watch that wasn't a reality TV show. And Hollywood has been the top topic of this week. So I tried to watch that and I watched episode one. Have you seen it? I have seen it. I saw it a the few. whole thing. Yeah, I watched it. Seven episodes. I, Ryan Murphy's shows can be very hit or miss for me. I think mm -hmm. The Politician wasn't his strongest. Um, but I do think his strongest show that I've seen was Feud, which was about Betty Davis and, and Joan Crawford. And I think Hollywood kind of harkens back to that old Hollywood time. Actually, it does. It's not, I don't feel like it does. It actually does. <laughs> but um, I think Hollywood is actually one of the stronger of his shows. Huh. It's only seven episodes. I think the message is really good about the whole premise is like if Hollywood back in the 1940s had just been more inclusive, how much of a different world we'd live in today. Oh, and that's okay. what I love. It does beat you over the head with that message. And I think every episode gets a little bit better, to be so, honest. So, because so, here's my issue with it. So you might be able to clarify this for me and whether I'm going to continue to watch it or not. So, it, so it's a made-up version of events. Yes. Right. Okay. Because I was very much watching it like... Uh, so at the beginning, you kind of... So this is Hollywood and like all the people are standing outside trying to get a job. And then all of a sudden, this guy gets brought into this car... Uh, garage but, but that's actually a, a real that's based on a real story oh is it yeah in the 40s there was um there was a gas station in los angeles that was catering sexual favors to closeted homosexual celebrities and anybody else that could afford it um so uh, that that's very much a reality there's a whole documentary about it. it's a really really interesting okay because i was like I this is very far-fetched but i don't know if it's because it's filmed in such a like comical uh, kitsch way that it seems far-fetched now I know that maybe I'll go at it with different eyes but look, I really liked the acting I liked the stylization uh, the framings of the shots everything was working for me but there was kind of this element of like this is a little bit over the top and I don't know how I feel about it I think my issues with the show is casting wise I think the younger cast is a little bit misplaced like uh, you're, you'll see, but like Darren Chris plays a director. I just don't see him as a director. He's, oh, he's, he's far too young. He's far too young. He's not like, he just doesn't have that like gravitas that a director has. No. And the younger cast kind of overacts a little bit, but the older cast like Holland Taylor and Patti LuPone, mm -hmm. and they're stellar. So I okay. encourage you to continue watching it. I mean, that sounds really interesting. I'm, I'll, I guess I'll give it a go. I guess we'll uh, wrap up with our socials. You can find our podcast on twitter at wannabe poddy there you go and what's your personal twitter my personal is mr james stapes both on instagram and twitter and mine is at john Raphael on twitter and at john Raphael 12 on instagram we also have a joint twitter account which i don't remember right now so i will not plug <laughs> there's but too many twitter accounts. there's too many twitter accounts but also not like and subscribe just subscribe and just rate i guess it is subscribe and rate guys and just listen in general <laughs> that helps too 
Yeah, and keep screaming at us on Twitter because we, we want to hear everything. If there's something you think we should be watching, let us know. If there's something you disagree with, let us know. Let's get oh, into the debate. Oh, people do. People do. John people pays do. more attention to that. I'm just be like, oh, God, keep your opinion to yourself. <laughs> wow. Such a Lisa Vanderpump. On that note, stay okay. corona-free, everybody. Stay safe and don't listen to your governments. They don't know what they're talking about. Use your common sense. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.